get all your nerves out now. Yeah. Are you nervous? Um, slightly, not really, kind of, just a little <laughs> wow, bit. Wow, that was fluctuating, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, like I was mm. a little bit nervous. I am a little bit, I'm just worried I'm going to like forget everything that is interesting about myself and then. <laughs> and then the remember like, nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. But I'm hoping it will go well. I'm sure it will. I'm, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> I hope. It'll be flawless. Uh, (laughs) This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television, culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest and friend, Remy Webster. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome (laughs) to the wonderful audience. All of, like, I think, uh, somewhere between 50 to 70 listeners. Oh, cool, cool. So it fluctuates. Yeah. Fluctuates. Um, I don't think I'm breaking the bank without because <laughs> <laughs> Australian market's very eclectic, but we do have fans in America. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think it's because okay. I've been interviewed American guests. People. Yeah. yeah so okay. That makes you, sense. You just yeah. kind of you bring in everyone. I always wonder how many listeners like acting podcasts have because it's like. I guess there are a lot of actors, but then I'm like, it's 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 a niche. It is a niche. Yeah. But I only listen to acting podcasts, which you, might be slightly obsessive. Do you listen to anything? <laughs> do you listen to anything else or is it just acting oh, podcasts? Well, I, the other day I listened to one that was um, like the On Purpose one. with. Is it, that rings a bell, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's a bit more mental healthy. Mm, uh, yeah, but yeah. other than that, it's a lot of acting po- and music, but I literally last year I was like rabidly consuming acting podcasts and I forgot to listen to music. And I was, my Spotify wrapped was just like 75% podcasts. And I was like, wow, that changed. I didn't even know what a podcast was in like 2020. And now you're like, oh God. Yeah. Slightly obsessive. <laughs> That's good. Anyway. That's good. Are you, cause the in- wonderful people of the internet don't know who you are. Yes. But tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. Yes. Uh, hi, I'm I'm Remy Webster. I'm an actor and I'm also an artist. I make ceramics and I have a small business selling them. And sometimes I paint as well. So I'm kind of an all-round creative human, I would say. Yeah. And you're quite like entrepreneurial in that way because like... Hopefully. I like to think so. You're like, oh, look. I'm not sure. I mean, like, because you're quite young. So that, like, did that, was that always like the the way you were growing up? Were you very much like, I need to do something creative? Yeah. Well, I was homeschooled in like the primary school years of my life. So wow. I, yeah, till about, I think till year six, I went, I went to school in year six. And so before that, I was very much just, you know, doing whatever I want, building sculptures out of rocks and sticks in my in my backyard um um, obviously as I said um to you earlier Martin like I've grown up on a farm uh in regional New South Wales so (laughs) it's not the ACT which which by the way we are currently recording in Canberra so we are at a Canberra facility in a little sound booth so yeah that is like so you're you know you grew up in New South Wales yeah yeah grew up and it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere, and Canberra is the closest place to the middle of nowhere. So is it like an hour drive or half hour? Uh, like in between. It kind of depends on where. Here's pretty close. He's like half an hour. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm pretty good with that. Yeah. 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 You're in the good side of Canberra, not the bad. 
Oh, oh, let's not get involved in that conversation. People get very, yeah, very rowdy about that. It's um. it's it's so funny because I like all my family. A lot of majority of my mum's um, out of the family live here, so I've been mm-hmm. to Canberra like my entire growing life. And it's always funny to who thinks Canberra's great and who thinks Canberra's an absolute shithole. <laughs> well, yeah. I like I like elements of Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm, You're not celibate. I'm very grateful for all opportunities that I've had in Canberra. But are you more of a city? Do you want to become a city person? I don't think I'm ever going to actually become a city person. I think I could say that to myself, but I'm always going to be one of those people who ends up like retiring in the country or something. Are you? I don't know. Because cause like acting is such a hustle and bustle, creative things like... Is yeah. that something that makes you, like, are you planning to move to somewhere eventually like Sydney or Melbourne or? Well, I guess it's one of those things where, like, obviously I'm young right now, but like when I was younger, I looked at it as, oh, when I finish school, I'll probably go to like drama school. And then that would mean I would move. But now I'm kind of looking at my options and realizing that you don't have to go that traditional path. Yeah. So now I'm more like, if I get work, yeah, I'll move. I, I always say, you know, I'm happy to relocate for projects. I love that. Because, yeah, you know, was, how did, it's particularly, particularly because I want to talk a, a little bit about Remnant, which you're about to come, come up and shoot. But how did yes. that come about? How did that all start for you? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy, but, um, or maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> but I just found the casting call for Remnant on Facebook. And that's something, If like a little tip, if you're someone who works in the creative industries and you don't know how to find work kind of freelance or you don't know how to find work mm. when you don't have relationships and connections, there are like 20 Facebook groups. And mm. I'd never had Facebook. I'm quite young. So I, I was like, oh, I'm never getting Facebook. Oh, my God. Why would I do that? Um, but now I just have it so that I can be on those and sort yeah. of get info. And it's really helpful. I've gotten many jobs off of those groups. So, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) You're like, how did this happen? I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing is it's kind of crazy. And sometimes I'll be looking through casting calls, like trawling for them for like Mm. weeks and there's nothing. But I just got really lucky with Remnant, I think. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to negate like all of the hard work and everything I I feel I like do. you've negated everyone. Yeah. <laughs> They're all like, oh, sad days. I've yeah. worked so hard. I think there is definitely an element of luck in acting, but I also think because there's so many people that do it. Yeah. You know, if you're not fully putting your all into it, you just won't get opportunities because there's so many people that are. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, like, was that ever since you were a little, the go-to to become an actor? Um, Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe when I was really little, I wanted to do something totally random. <laughs> um, and I, I used to want to do lots of things. I played netball growing up. I was like, maybe I'll just play for like the netball diamonds, which is like the Aussie netball team. And um, my coordination levels aren't there. They never <laughs> have been and they never will be. Um, So yeah, I think... I probably did the, those little kids acting classes, which is kind of full circle because I now teach little kids acting classes. Um, you know, I probably did those from when I was like six or seven. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. And I started doing that and I was like, this is 
what I want to do. I It was kind of just like a thing. Like I went and I was like, this is fun. I'm going to be an actor. And then, I don't know. I mean, I had no idea what I was getting into, but. <laughs> and then you joined the madhouse that it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got my first agent when I was like 14. Wow. Yeah. Are you still attached to the same agent or? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like extraordinary. Yeah. Do you love yeah. it though? Do you love what you do? Yes, I do. Definitely. It's kind of my, my happy place. I mean, obviously it's not always, there's like a lot of rejection and things that come with it. Yeah. But that you have to accept. I feel like I have accepted that though. Yeah. And it, it kind of bothers me when people ask about it. Like when have people are like, oh, did you get that job? And I'm like, I, I moved past that. That I'm five jobs later now, like not thinking about that one. It's in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that like, happens. I think, I think like the one thing though is, you know, being someone so young, you're very on top of a lot of things, which is very unusual for people your age. Do you, do you agree with that? I do agree with that. I guess I've just really tried to be as determined as I can to not, like when people tell you things and give you advice to actually take that advice and not be the person who turns like whatever age and then is like, oh, there's all these things that I wasn't doing or that yeah. I was taking for granted. So I'm trying my best not to do that and have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's easier said than done, obviously, but you know, like. Oh, yes, definitely. And I feel like every time I do an audition and then a few months later, I'll look back on that audition and I'll be like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I generally also think that some of the auditions that, um, you know, that I've seen over the years, like, you know, various different people and you kind of like see their progression of when an audition is better than the last one they did or when yeah. they just kind of were, <laughs> I don't know, like, how are you with auditions? Are you very much structure and script or are you very much like, you know, kind of see what the character brings? Yeah. It's interesting because I still, I feel like if you asked me what my like method or process was, and then you asked me again in six months, I'd completely have done a 180 and then I'd be like, oh, no, I don't do that anymore. Um, but right now I'm, I think I'm definitely very script focused. Mm. Definitely. Um, I did like a script analysis masterclass um, at the end of last year and it kind of like rocked my world a bit. I was like, whoa, there's so much that I'm not doing because I'm someone who like, if I'm not sure I've done all the work, then I won't be as confident in yeah. actually getting up there and doing my thing, right? Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. I feel underprepared, then I don't think I'll perform as well. Or, I mean, I probably do, but I don't. <laughs> I'd like, let's be real. Like, I probably, it's probably, who knows what the difference is, but it definitely gives me a sense of surety in myself. I love that. You're yeah. like, I know who I am and I'm very good at this. I, well, yeah. Sometimes I feel that way. Sometimes I don't. It depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously about to go into production for my like first feature that I've done. Mm. So I'm very excited for that. And I've also recently, um, booked a role in another feature that's shooting another independent feature. Um, and that's, that's actually shooting right now. They think they're going to shoot in locations like down here. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. And that's shooting a bit later on in the year. So wow. I'm excited for that as well. That sounds, yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, I know. Um, when I got that opportunity, I was like, what? what yeah. <laughs> How is this happening? But I, it, I mean, it gives me confidence. So. I, I think, you know, because that shows that you've got talent and you've got, you know, or you've got something that, you know, people want. You know, yeah. do, how are you on the opinion though? And this always battle, baffles me about the independent art, like versus the mainstream. But you know, 
how are you on seeing the same like ten actors in everything rather than seeing multiple different actors in multiple different things? I mean, I want to see personally as a consumer of content, I want to see lots of different actors in different things. Mm. Not that I don't like particular actors. They're definitely, I mean, I do think I probably have quite mainstream taste to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I think, I think I do. I don't know. Like I, I, I do feel like as much as I'm really trying now to watch a variety of stuff, especially Australian stuff. Yeah. Because I mean, really you can watch most of what's made in Australia. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff, but if you really commit yourself to like, I'm going to watch lots of stuff because I want to work in this industry, you can really just be like, okay, I'm going to look at what movies were released in 2022 in Australia. And you can just be like, okay, I've got a list. I'm going to watch them. (laughs) And I've been trying to do that, but obviously it's tough sometimes because sometimes things are really hard to find. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean like Australian content is not like anywhere else as well. We're very independent. Everything we make, uh, I, like screen, you know, screen New South Wales or, you know, wherever, you know, mm. like whatever state you're in has a screen, you know, I think they screen uh, Queensland and all that stuff. Yes. Um, they're very finicky about who they donate money to, especially for an independent production. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is not to say that's a bad thing, but yeah. it can be quite difficult for a lot of good, ideas to get up and running. I did see something on another podcast and I, I don't, I don't want to like butcher the statistic, but I believe it was that there is between 40 and 45 feature films made in Australia every year. And I thought about it and at first I was like, okay. But then I was like, oh, that's not that many. No, that's very, that's very little. That's if you think about how many people and actors there are here. I mean, I think we're all guilty of like, predominantly actually watching international stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even like I know Neighbours did their last day of shooting yesterday. I saw a thing on Facebook about it. So, yeah, I think we are losing some of our like Aussie content. And it's like. Yeah. I mean, because like Home and Away and Neighbours were the quintessential where you'd starting ground. Like they've, you know, and, and I'll say this wholeheartedly, some of the best actors who have been on both shows are terrible in those shows and go on to be like amazing actors elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do sometimes think about the fact that if you get like a lead on a Netflix series, right? Like, let's say you've got like lead role in every episode yeah, and you do that for three seasons or something. Um, that's, you know, what, maybe 30 episodes on streaming. Yeah. If you go on home and away for like a little guest stint, some of those people, they do a hundred episodes, 200 episodes, and they're not even like a lead character. Yeah. So it definitely is like, you can't deny that it is a training ground. Yeah. And it must be hectic as well. Wow. Yeah. For those people. Wow. <laughs> um, but you know, like I think, I think it's very good because like I've watched some of the old episodes and they, I remember one of my friends years ago said, we got one rehearsal before we shot mm-hmm. and that was it. And, you know, you just didn't get like the train, you know, that was it. You were learning to train on the day and you didn't yeah. get all this pre prep and, you know, it, it is a wheelhouse. So I yeah, think, definitely. um, and you know, there is a, there is a thing about that with blockbuster films and stuff, you know, that I think there was an interview with Jake Gyllenhaal when he did, um, Spider-Man. Okay. He did Spider-Man and he had never worked on a superhero film before, never been in yeah. a superhero film. And he said one thing he said in the first day, he was like, 
okay, so they told me to just jump down and put my hands out. And that was it. And they were like, we'll put the rest in VFX. And he was like, okay. But because it wasn't tactile for him, he was just confused because he was like, Mm -hmm. I normally work on things that are very tactile. You see what you're doing. You're kind of like, it's very independent or it's very indie art house work. So it's like when he worked on big blockbusters, even though he's a big name, it's a very different side of it. Like, it's not like they're always working on these big CGI fests or, you know, like, because that's what people go to the cinema now for. They go for the CGI fests. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think, because I, I, um, this isn't necessarily visual effects, but I have done some ADR for films recently, mm. like a couple of films where I've had to do some things and like, they wanted to get the audio in post. And, um, it's, I did it in this room once, which is why it reminded me. Um, but it's interesting because um, I've heard that with Hollywood films now, sometimes there's like, you know, a good 80% of their dialogue, they'll do an ADR. Like yeah. there's so much that's in post-production. What you're doing on set is really different. Yeah. Know? there's and, interesting. And there's like scenes that are shot just for the trailers now and then only for the trailers. So yeah. that then VFX shots are only done for the trailers. Like yeah. that. I mean, ha- it makes sense. I makes get it, sense. But, it's, but it, yeah. it is very like, you know, when you have that much money that you could do that, wonderful. But when you don't, you're kind of like, yeah. Like I just miss the day when films didn't matter what they were; they would just advertise what was actually in it. Now they're advertising so many mislead. <laughs> like you're just like, yeah. I don't know what this is about actually, and yeah. I don't know if no, that's, that's good true. or bad. Like you know, to what your perception of something is. It's kind of like when you watch an ad for something on TV and you watch the whole ad um, and it's like, you know, this big emotional thing and then it's an ad for like, you know, the lotto or, mm. or you know, like, I don't know, a brand of cereal and it's like, oh, I, I didn't realise I watched that entire ad and I had yeah. no idea that's what it was an ad for. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with, with your career though into acting, is there is there sort of like things that make you nervous about acting, things that you you don't know when you'll be ready for or things that you're, mm. you know, because obviously like um, as a female actor as well, you're going to come up probably through some trial and tribulations. Yeah, definitely. Would you, I mean, like what, what are you sort of really nervous about? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I guess you always hear these things about people who will work with, directors or they have bad experiences with casting directors where they'll be really rude to them, like in the room, or they're like eating a sandwich when this person's trying to do their audition. And I've never had an experience like that. So sometimes I sit back and I'm like, am I like, I don't know, because I've done workshops and obviously like I've had limited experience in the room because when I really started auditioning, it was like, oh, few auditions. And then it was like COVID. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So I've been doing lots of self tapes, but, um, like every casting director that I have met has been so sweet. Every director that I've worked with has been like, they're so, they're people, people. They're yeah. so, per- they're more personable than me. You know, like <laughs> I think they're, they're like more social than the actors that they're working with a lot of the time. So <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I do think about when people say they've had bad experiences and I'm like, I, I'm not sure who those people are. And I'm like, Oh, it's a bit concerning. Like, when am I going to run into them? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, the interesting thing is I don't think it's like surface level as well. I think it's like you can have bad experiences with literally other actors as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't think it always comes from the casting directors or the directors, but it, it definitely like I think, um, yeah, there's a, there's a certain, um, certain like, uh, yeah, sort of prowess. 
I think also when you're a female actor and you're going into a room and people just go, oh, you know, and I don't think sexism quite works the way it used to with yes. it, but um, I think it's still prevalent in our industry. Something that does bother me is the idea that if you're young and attractive, you just like even teachers that I've worked with and it's like, uh, I mean, it's, it's just like they feel, um, you know, oh, you'll just get a role because you're you're like what they're looking for physically. Yeah. And I don't like that because I mean, there are so many people who look in the same, like the same way I look who want to be actors. So in my mind, I have to set myself apart with good performance. And I feel like it does, it bothers me a little bit when people have the expectation, like, you know, if you are trying to have someone on your team supporting you and they're like, oh yeah, but you'll just get a break. And it's like, I don't want to rely on that. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, uh, it's the worst I, thing to rely on. Yeah, there are thousands of people who are my age who are holding out for the same thing and it, it's not going to happen no. in that way for all of us. So the only way that we can work is to, you know, find an edge or whatever, you know, yeah. try and find different ways in. And I think some, you know, it's like the thing if some actors suit other roles better or like, you know, it's down to your voice, it's down to your personality, it's down to yeah, how you portray a character um, and... You know, obviously your, I guess, experience, your, you know, like I often say this to actors as well, go and live life, experience things. Cause it makes you more ability to bend as characters. Yeah, definitely. And, um, like not to say that some actors can't just pull it out of like the sky and, you know, make a character, but it, it does ground you in some sort of level of truth, I feel, where yeah. you've had a similar experience or something and you've just gone, okay, well, I'm going to pick this sad moment that's sort of similar to this moment. So if I take that emotion that I felt then, I can kind of extrapolate and, you know, use yeah, it. Yeah, like substitution. Yeah, I definitely, I have been made to feel a bit bad before when I haven't had a strong substitution because I just haven't had the experience. Yeah. And it's like... I mean, there's not a lot you can do about that, obviously. And especially when it's like a bad experience, like the scene is like a really gritty scene and it's like, well, okay. I mean, Can I, you suffer harder? Yeah. It's, it's tough. Like, it's not tough. That's the whole thing. But, you know, it, yeah, it, I think it's interesting with screen because I've mainly trained in screen. I haven't done so much theatre. Yeah. I mean, I've done a bit of theatre, community theatre, but uh, and I'm interested in doing more. Definitely. And I would love to like do some of the work that's happening like in Sydney and Melbourne because mm. it's really great and yeah, I, I it's interesting and I, I like, I feel like theatre is very progressive and it kind of revolutionises things. <gasps> Definitely. I don't know. It's very true. I agree with that. I, I, I was a theatre kid growing up, so mm. like, um you know, uh, personal love was theatre acting. So that was kind of like my go-to. So you started out as an actor? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, yeah. Cause I mean like I, so, yeah. So I, sh everyone, you know, I feel like I should get at that point where I do my own episode based on me and no one, <laughs> and no one knows about me. But um, yeah, like I started out as an actor and, and then went into oh, okay. um, doing stuff like this. Cause it's just, but I definitely think that theater was my, first love like it yeah, was okay. going to the theater watching it and just going this is cool this is weird and I love how people just kind of spout their thoughts into the air <laughs> yes there's something about like the live atmosphere that you just cannot get with screen and you especially can't get it watching a movie at home I mean maybe in the like days where 
everything was released at the cinema. But now I miss so much those stuff days. is going to like streaming. I yeah. Miss- I don't want to go and see something because it's that thing of like, I'm kind of a bit of a homebody. So as much as I love <sighs> okay. the cinema, it's like if something is released on streaming and it's in cinemas, I'm not going to go to the cinema. Is that? I know I should. But are you are you an introverted person? Um, I reckon I am a little bit. Yeah, I I mean, I've been told both. I've been told I'm a bit in between. I think when I was younger, I was probably a bit more extroverted. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I think I'm someone who I work quite well independently. Like interesting for an actor. Yeah, it, yeah, it, but obviously. I also constantly am reminding myself that you can't act in a vacuum and you need outside. I mean, you can. It's called a monologue. Yeah, I'm kind of going through a I don't like monologues phase at the moment. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll ask you again in six months. You'll probably be like. Yeah, it's so weird. I swear. I'll be like, I love monologues. And then I'll be like, no, I just need to do scenes. And then I get bored of scenes. I'm like, what is this? This is not deep enough. And then I go back <laughs> to monologues and it happens. It's like a cycle. Because what are your, what are your favorite genres to watch? Oh, that's hard. Um, hmm. See, it's interesting because part of me kind of likes the whole thriller thing because it, or like stuff that keeps you on your toes a little bit, like stuff that's quite gritty. Yeah. Um, but then the other part of me is like, I just want to watch an Adam Sandler movie. (laughs) It's like kind of guilty pleasure. Like you just, you know, sometimes I'm like, nah, I'm tired. I just want to watch something that's fun and is going to make me laugh and is comforting and happy. You know, you just got to watch 50 First Dates or something. Like yeah, because I feel like um, sometimes, like lately, everything I watch, it's like someone's been murdered. And yes. I, I'm not going to lie. I've been getting into true crime a little bit lately. Like I watched The Thing About Pam. If anyone's seen that, it's it's got um, Renee Zellweger in it. I haven't and watched it yet, but I want to. It, yeah, it's interesting. It's it like the first few episodes, not a lot went on, but then. Yeah. It, it got good at the end. It's But I always spoil it for myself because I Google, as soon as I realize it's true crime, I Google what the case is. Yeah, I know. Isn't that the worst when you know that it actually happened? Yeah, yeah. And you know, like you want to vouch for the person. Like I'm also watching The Staircase at the moment. Oh, yeah. How's that? Um, It's very full on. I'm not going to lie. Like it, oh, like there's this scene of her falling down the stairs and I'm like, oh, that's really, like it's a bit sickening. It was a bit full on. I was like, wow. Because it wasn't um like suspenseful scary. It was like really awful scary. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because it's like when you want to vouch for the person and you're like you Google it and you're like, Oh, they're guilty. Yeah. Oh, like I didn't want them to be guilty, but it's like based on real life. So yeah. you can't do anything about it. No, he he <laughs> he did kill his own wife and you know and push her down the stairs. Yeah. Which there's there's And every- it's like no, I know. you seem like such a nice guy. But it's like the same with um, uh, you know, any any true crime. Uh, I think I, a show that I want to watch. Um, God, I can't remember the life of me. It starts Olivia Coleman. Um, it's on uh HBO. Um, so it's on binge. But um, okay. Uh, it's about a couple and they murdered her parents. And buried them in the backyard. Oh my god! And it's just this weird, and it was proved that it was true. But wow. there's this whole psychological side of just them lying, like and and coping with that lie. Yeah. Wow. And I think, I think things like that, where it comes to true crime or you know stuff, 
from an outward perspective, great, we love it. We think this is cool. But the real life people, it's tragic and awful. But we get entertainment from it. We get some sort of weird, sickening pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely, um, I was reading an article in a magazine the other day about like why we like true crime. And it was kind of, it's interesting because I think there's an element of it that's a little bit of like anxiety. It's, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like how we stop when we see like a bad car crash or something, but it's also just really And then we bad. just slow down, drive yeah. really slowly while it's going, who died today? Yeah, it's awful. Um, and then like the other side of it is though, I think sometimes we think we can like watch our way into understanding like this is what happens when someone gets murdered. So I just yeah. need to not do this. Like I just need to not like have a weird dodgy staircase in my house and I'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, does it make you fearful though, as a woman, <laughs> God, that this will happen to you? Um, well, I did say something about the fact that like women watch true crime because they're more likely to actually have those crimes happen to them. And I yeah. was like, Oh, that, that hits. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of, it's weird because when you're watching, because I don't do like the true crime podcasts yeah. or anything like that. I only watch the true crime series. I don't want to get too into it that it's weird. Um, like I can't commit. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> um, but when I'm watching those true crime type shows, it's you kind of forget that it's based off real events. And sometimes they don't even talk about the fact, like it doesn't even really say it at the no. front. I have been watching, um, I watched Inventing Anna. It's it's the one about yes. like yeah and um that's interesting because I like that because she's like a criminal but she's not like a murdering criminal yeah she's, she's just, just like nuts. A screwing people over criminal yeah and I like that I like that type of crime I mean would these be characters you want to portray though would you want to portray like characters who are nuts or kind of like evil or just manipulative It's interesting because I think there's an element. Not, I mean, I like to think I'm not a terrible person. So <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah. So there's definitely an element of wanting to play characters who have some kind of moral justification. But I definitely would like to ultimately in my career be playing people who are very far away from myself. But to start with, I'm okay with playing people who are. So what you would know, you describe as very far away from yourself? Oh, see, that's that's a that I don't want to demean people's experience but I guess like I'm not someone who is going out like committing crimes or doing <laughs> I'm like <laughs> you're I'm, very goody two shoes I, I guess so yeah I mean I don't I mean obviously I think everyone falls somewhere in the middle yeah. but like I and more, I'm a bit of a people pleaser sometimes. And so I would love to play characters that are like not, like they just don't give a, a crap. Am I allowed to swear? You are. Oh, they just don't give a shit about what people think of them. Yeah. You know, that those type of people. Or that like in, with characters like in Inventing Anna, she is so obsessed with what people think of her mm. that like it allows her somehow to exude this energy of like not giving a shit, but really yeah. she does. Yeah. I, I feel like. Because I feel like in in some regard, we always try and, you know, I don't know if it's creative as well, as well like when you're creatively, you're always trying to be like, you know, this is also my thought on actors as well. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you when you go and do a scene? Because I have met actors who are very full of themselves and they're like, I'm, you hire me, I'm the bee's knees, I, you know, how are you with rehearsals and, and, and routine? Are you very much prestigious about rehearsing and getting it right and 
on the day or are you kind of a little bit of it see how it is on the day as well? I can't, I have no chill, so I can't, you know, I have no, I'm not like a relaxed human, so I can't do, I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I can't do the whole, just not prepare at all and show up yeah. one day. I cannot imagine like not reading the whole script five times, <laughs> but that might be like, I know over preparation is also another conversation that you can have. But, um, yeah. I feel like I've met the both. I've met I've met all of the spectrum of people, but yeah, there's some people who over prep, and there's some people who just on the day go, "Yep, seen the script, cool, doing the scene." Mm. And I I don't know if that's kind of a just a. I'd rather you learn. I I know I'm one of those directors. If I'd rather you have you know done rehearsals, being there, and I guess like how are you are you preferring to do whatever the director wants? Rather I'm than big what you, on that. Yes, yeah. I can't deal with this whole mentality of like when when you're working with someone and they really trust you and they're like, oh yeah, I trust your interpretation and I'm like, okay, but I trust your interpretation. Yeah. So <laughs> you're driving me crazy right now. I need to know, you know, like even down to like the smallest detail, I kind of want to know what their vision is. Yeah. But then obviously I do not, like I'm a, because I, I make art as well. I'm like a visual artist. So I like creating things as well, Yeah, you know, so I don't, I'm not someone who just like, like just wants to be, um, someone who is doing the most obvious choice. I guess I like to be a little bit inventive. I, I have like an urge to always do kind of creative things because that's like who I am. Yeah. But then also when I'm actually working on a project and I'm like, you know, like obviously the person directing it has a vision and I don't want to fall short of that or go in the wrong direction. Yeah. You know, I would rather not be like, I'm doing my own thing and then show up on the day and be completely redirected. I would rather be prepared. And, yeah. And then maybe obviously they're still playing with it, but obviously you have a limited amount of time on set, right? So the closer you can be to what is like, what is needed yeah. for the scene to move forward the better it is for everyone in my mind. That <laughs> I don't know. That's that's very true. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I've never worked on the other side of things. So would you ever want to though? Would you ever like want to write or direct something? Well, I I'm for some reason some reason in my head I think that I'm a good writer. <laughs> I don't know what I've written. I think I got an A in my like creative writing assignment in like year nine. And I'm like, I'm I'm a good writer. So in my head, I think I could um, do that. But I, who knows? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I would be perhaps interested in writing. Yeah. But I think, I don't think I'm forceful enough to be a great director right now in my life. Maybe when I'm a bit older and more confident yeah. in what I see in things and in a scene. But I, I, I don't know. Like one of my... Things that I like is I like to work with directors who are decisive on the spot, on set. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I I guess, I don't know. I feel like if I couldn't be the director that I would want to have, I wouldn't want to be doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, with writing, I feel like I'm, for some reason I have this weird idea that I would just be able to do it. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll write a short film. It's like I know it's not that simple. Yeah. I know it's not that simple. But I know it's I know it's not that and I don't know how to mm. you know like <laughs> because right yeah, writing like I I was the same, but I write a lot and I think writing just comes naturally. You just got to yeah. do it. 
Yeah, that's the thing is like I write random thoughts down and I'm like, oh, yeah, I could totally write like a cohesive script. And it's like if someone saw, they'd be like, no, you can't. I don't think that's not necessarily true. I think it's like a collaboration I think helps. Yeah, that's um, the other thing. Like I, if, if I said to someone, hey, I can't write on my own, <laughs> which is generally true. I tend to always ask people to help. Uh, it's generally because I get to a stuck point and I'm like, oh, okay, well, mm. you know, how can I expand this and make it bigger and better? So that's kind of yeah. like where I see writing. But I mean, like, you know, you could end up writing like a small short film or. A, yeah, that's you know. the thing is like, I'm not I'm like in terms of me being someone like me being a creative person working in the arts, acting is my primary thing. Yeah. And then obviously I also work in like, you know, the visual arts doing kind of contemporary art from a visual perspective. So they're my kind of things and I don't want to divide my attention so much that I can't have focus. So if I was doing like a film, it would probably be so I could act in the film. And then sometimes I don't know if that is the best intention when writing a story. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I see lots of people do it really well, yeah. but I don't think that I don't think every single actor who wants to be in a film can just write one. So I would have to make sure I'm doing justice to something with the story that I'm telling. You know, what would be a story you'd want to tell? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like talking about. I mean, that's interesting. I guess I'm. I'm quite close with my family. Yeah. They would never want to act in anything. Oh, my God. I could not get them to do that. Um, but, you know, I would like to maybe do stuff that is associated with family as a kind of theme. Yeah. Um, or And also just like a good – if I was doing a short film, I would want it to have like a good, clear narrative kind of arc, you know? Yeah. Like I, I don't think in a way I would want – like I like simple stuff in a way, mm. you know, like interesting but – Simple, not like so much going on. So I think like I would want to focus in really specifically on something. Yeah, I definitely, it's sad because I definitely growing up have witnessed a lot of people who were super, super talented, like way more talented at some things I do than I am. And they gave it up because they were felt pressured to do something that was a bit more traditional. And that makes me sad because I'm like, no one should be doing that when you're young. No. Uh, Yeah. It just bothers me. I think I think it's also like you know like you know my my like my mother love it a bit but uh, is very much like very much the academic side. My dad's the creative side. He's a photographer. Um, Mum sort of worked as a journalist and everything. So oh, cool. that that's been my family. And my brother's an academic. Like he he teaches um, currently over in Germany with his wife. Um, and she uh is sign you know science based medicine. Um, like that, that kind of, uh, okay. avenue. I know. So it's like that whole side of, like all my family have been to uni and then I'm the odd child who didn't go to uni and I went to tertiary education where I was like, I'm going to study film and then I'm going to study like yeah. a- drama and, and, you know, just to really, and then I became a tech. Like I, my main time job is to, is working at channel seven in Sydney in Martin place. And, oh, cool! That's really cool. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I do I do that every week, and it's a technical role. So it's like the things that I trained in to do, I haven't exactly. But like I think when I was in year nine, year ten, I was like, I want to be an actor. And then now that's sort oh, of like acting has become more of an interest nowadays. I think when I've gotten older. So if and, you got like offered a role, yeah. in something, would you do it? Like, yeah, 
Yeah, cool. Hands down now. But probably not five years ago. Probably like five years ago, I would have been like, no, oh, oh, no, 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 I don't do that anymore. But now I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> My headphones are falling off. It's fine. The, oh, they were just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> love that. Um, but yeah, like, absolutely, I'd do that. I'd, I'd be like, jump straight into it. That's, yeah, cool. Um, you know, would you do the same if you were like, you know, if you would you ever consider leaving acting for a bit or not at the moment? I'm like never, <laughs> but I mean, I guess I would definitely consider taking a break like later in my life, not right now. Yeah. But like, I think it's important to have time off, right? Especially when you're doing something that's creative, because yeah. otherwise you're just a bit burnt out. Also, like, because I have my visual side of things with like creating art as well, I find that. Sometimes I swing between them a bit. So I'm like yeah. very focused. Right now I'm very focused on acting, obviously, because I have a role, big role coming up and another one later in the year. So that's sort of, that's the thing. And so I, I, that's, <laughs> I that, love that you're like, that's a thing. Uh, yeah, that's I have, happening. <laughs> I have, even prior to this, you were already sort of nervous about actually filming in a week's time. It just feels a bit surreal. Because is this your big first film thing? Um, Well, it's my first feature i've done eight or nine short films i think what's been the uh, here's my biggest question what's been the weirdest one you've done oh what's i did one recently that was a, a student project about someone whose brother runs away because with his alien boyfriend wow yeah yeah and it's i think it, it was like a, a, a metaphorical representation of like xenophobia ah i love that yeah yeah it was interesting okay <laughs> No, it was cool because I jumped in at the last minute to do it. Like I only had a couple of days. Yeah. So I couldn't overthink it. Well, as sometimes we short or with films in general, like with Remnant, um, we obviously had like a big struggle with COVID because, you know, you can't do a film if you're going to have to go into 14 day isolation at some point during shooting. So we had to postpone a bit. And so it's interesting, the contrast between some of the like longer form stuff where it's like, okay. I have a long time to prep this and work this. And yeah. then the short stuff where it's like, okay, so, wow, I have three days. Because to... it's, from what I've sort of heard rumblings about and, and you know, in between the grapevine, you know, and everything, nothing that is okay. breaching a non-disclosure agreement or anything like that. Yeah. It sounds like a very intense film. Yeah, it's a horror film. So, yes, there's lots of visual effects. There's really, really, really great... Um, makeup artist team that are from Contour College uh, yes. and the Central Coast. They're pretty awesome and they're doing some really intense stuff, um, some of which involves me and I'm excited about it because um, <laughs> I've never done a film where I needed like really intense special effects makeup or anything Have you like been that. gooped yet? Um, no, I'm not. That's not what I'm personally... I'm just rocking up on the day and getting, oh, okay. yeah, and then sitting and in the makeup chair. I'm not sure how long it will be in the makeup chair though, because I've never done a long time. Yeah, if it's if it's heavy SFX makeup or anything like that, it tends to take about two three hours depending. Yeah, cool. Um, so be prepared to just have a lovely morning. Yeah, it's kind of layered. Cool. Um, yeah, and like that's exciting though. I mean, like, because yeah. I've been seeing all the behind-the-scenes photos. Um, yes, they're very active on social media. Which is great, because yes. it means you actually get a presence of, because um, mm -hmm. there's some features that never show 
Eddie you think it's a Levada product? And you're like, uh-huh. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I think it's good to give people some context, I guess, on, like, what the film is before they, like, before it's premiering. And we've done, like, some teaser trailers and things like that, mm. obviously, after. And you can see them on the Instagram. I think it's, like, at Remnant the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, the thing, though, is it's very elusive to all these teasers and what actually the film is about. Because it doesn't really explain anything, these teasers. It doesn't explain. Like, you're not going there going, this makes sense. I know what this film is going to be about. Like, it's so up in the air of what it, like, yeah. I think as an audience that you're expecting it to be about. But is that more exciting as a performer to kind of get people, once you see it in cinemas with everyone else and you get to see it with everyone else, is that going to be kind of a little, a little thrill? Are you going to be sitting there going, oh, God, here's my scene and then, Oh, yeah. See, this is interesting because I had an experience at a film festival, um, the Lights Canberra Action Festival, yeah. um, which is part of Enlighten in Canberra. Mm. And it's interesting because it's like a week, it's kind of crazy. I don't know if they do anything like this in Sydney, but it's like very short turnaround. You get certain things you have to include in your film. So a bit like Trop Fest yeah. where they have like an object, but it's a lot of objects and it's a lot of locations. God. Um, yeah. And you have like 10 days to film. God. Yeah. So... I had an experience with that where I, I did like a, a rom-com short. It was very cute. And um, that was the beginning of this year. And then um, I didn't see the finished product until I was sitting there in the audience in like the VIP section. And everyone was like, I, I was like, oh, that's me up there. And there's a bunch of people like sitting there watching it. Um, but I mean, it always, I think when you get doubts in your head, it's never going to be as like, jarring as you expect because I was really concerned because there was a bit of visual effects happening in that and I think I got a bit vain about it I was like am I gonna look bad am I and it's it, it's never like what you you think it's gonna be wow it's, you get in your head about things like that and it's like no it's fine and you're fine <laughs> do you think that will fade over time with this remnant one coming up do you think or are you still gonna be sit there and be a bit like I think I'm always gonna be well I think I'm always, this is hard. Um, I think inevitably I'm, I'm quite a nervous energy person. So I'm always going to have a bit of nervous energy, but I think with this project, because it's been such a long time coming with Remnant and I really trust Mike, the director and the whole creative team because mm. they're very professional. They're working extremely hard on it. I don't think I'm going to be like, I think I'm in safe hands. I'm not going to be feeling like. Yeah. Nervous about it. Um, but at the same time, like, I think it's that thing of watching yourself, right? Like, I, I'm determined to not be one of those actors who won't watch themselves mm. because I think I don't want to be that person. But it is hard because you're like, um, <laughs> you know, oh, I have to, like, see myself. And, and go, yay. That's me. Yeah, there's definitely always an aspect of it that, like I think sometimes I have to watch myself a few times in any given thing until I'm actually having a productive view yes. of it, you know, where I'm actually like, okay, so let's look what happened. Let's look, what do I really like about this? What if yeah. I was going to do this again, what would I do differently? That type of thing. Yeah. And then you judge it very hard. <laughs> yeah. I think you terrible. have to be careful, right? Cause yeah. it's a finished product. It is what it is. I know. Right? Like, I guess that was a bit easier doing shorts as well. Like, you know, you just, cause shorts tend to either have long, editing process or short editing process like they've generally yeah I've know. been quite lucky I've never done a short film that's kind of gone out into the ether and not never come back to me I've because I, I know some actors have some trouble getting footage and things that's very lucky 
Yeah, I have been very lucky so far. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I've never had anything that fell through and didn't get finished. So huh. I'm, I'm lucky about that. Um, and I mean, obviously through COVID there, like there was a project that took a while to get finished. It had to have like some, there was like the first edit and it was pretty good. So I put, got that footage, used it mm. for my showreel. But then, you know, a few months later, there was a new edit of it that came out that was just, I guess, to a higher standard. And so then I yeah. changed the footage over kind of from the rough cut version <laughs> into that. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Getting footage as an actor has been, I've been, I think that's something I've been quite fortunate with. That's great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like, because <laughs> I mean, like, that that is one of the hardest things as an actor is to be mm. like, hey, I need this footage. And also, like, I think as anything, I've, uh, like, uh, I, uh, I did editing for a few short films, so I, like, also worked as an editor. And I think one of the things that when the, these shorts never saw the light of day, mm. some of them, and you're like, oh, well, I've spent about, like, yes. <laughs> something like a week or two weeks worth of work on it. Yeah, that, I mean, it, yeah, it is tough. I mean, I've done some student films, and obviously with student films, you know, it's essentially for an assignment. So if they yeah. do choose to submit it to film festivals, that's great. But you know that their strategy is not necessarily always to do that. Like yeah. they sometimes they just want to do it for the assignment and then they want to be able to evaluate. And it's kind of like maybe something they'd use as a proof of concept that they can make films so that they can then make a better film later yes. or whatever. Um, but a lot of the films I've done have had like some like they've been for film festivals and things like that. Mm. And so I've been fortunate with those that they have kind of gotten out there. And I've, I've always been pretty transparent. Like I always, I, I think something really great advice I got is like to ask what their release strategy is for a film. Yeah. So, you know, cause I mean, I've definitely learned through doing lots of short films and things like that to just obviously trace anything up that's relevant to me. Like if I do need footage or if I do, if there was something else or whatever, like um, I've started like just making IMDb pages for every film I do. Because oh, I'm just, the same. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Because otherwise I feel like, like I don't have to ask them. It's like anyone, any random person because I've made this IMDb page. Yeah, hundred percent. But no one like... It's it's nuts that no one ever does. Like they're just mm. kind of like don't do it, and you're like, well, all these people have worked on it, so why yeah. don't you? Yeah, and I want to be credited, so I I if I get the footage, sometimes I'll just I'll do that. Um, yeah. Or I I I've just now recently done an IMDb page for the feature I'm working on later in the year, and it's just in development, so it's not like a proper IMDb credit yet, but yeah. it will be. It, I mean, in development, <laughs> nothing. It's yeah, like, yeah. It just shows I'm doing stuff, yeah. right? That's the extent of my technical knowledge and what I do <laughs> on the other side of the industry. It's like IMDb. I get that, <laughs> and making myself look professional on social media, even though I'm God, yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to talk to you about social media. Like, I mean, and you say that you're not professional. <laughs> like, I'm not. Um, I mean, like, because you didn't get Facebook until recently, which is very like in the last few years would yeah. you say and then instagram and stuff how long have you had like oh my instagram account is from when i was like 12 and i decided i was gonna have instagram oh you right? were the cool 12 year old yeah um so that's a thing anyway um not, <laughs> let's not think about that um <laughs> but yeah i i mainly use it now it's kind of i like the idea of having kind of a personal professional account like where it's yeah. a professional account like it's about I'm an actor. This is my 
account. It's public. It's a business account. Um, and I'm also an artist. I have a separate page for my art now, yeah. which I'm really slack on at the moment, which is, yeah, I need to get on that. I'm I'm not the best at posting consistently, but I generally, with my personal one, I'll post like most of the projects that I yeah. do. I'll repost anything other people that are working on them do as well. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that that's, um, you know, <laughs> that's quite important. Yeah. To make sure that... um. Yeah, you're just staying active. So, because I mean, I figure, I know that no, I would hope people aren't specifically casting people off Instagram, but. No. Yeah. Got, yeah. Can you imagine if that was the case? <laughs> yeah. But like, obviously I look people up all the time. Oh, God, yeah. So, of course they're going to look at it. I, I always wonder what people think of my Instagram and my social platforms because I've got about six of them. Six? <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. I, I've got one from a production company, one for a horror series anthology okay. that I was uh, trying to get made. And it's still in the back works. It's just on hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast one. Uh, I've got my other podcast, which is about to start up and running. What? What's your <laughs> other podcast about? Uh, I can't. I can't tell oh. anyone about that until it comes out. Um, and then uh, I'll tell you after we stop recording. Okay. Um, secret. No secret. one will know. No, You're not yet. Have to guess. Actually, by the time this comes out, it might be. Okay. It will be close to becoming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people will know about it. Um, <laughs> and then what else? Like I've got my um, my photography one. And oh, yeah. Cool. my personal one, which is just, but it's public. So it's like. Yeah, that's the thing. It's that weird thing where it's like, it's my personal, but it is a public account. Yeah. So I, I kind of just post pictures of my partner and I, and then also just like stuff about guests, but also about my filming life. It's very much yeah. a mixture of things because it's like, well, it's all, it's all the things that I do. Like literally it's from everything from my life to podcasting to filming. Like, you know, if you yeah. want to get to know me, I think it's also like the thing I treat social media is like what you see is what you get. I'm not like this mysterious figure behind <laughs> behind things. I'm kind of as yeah. kooky and weird as um, like anyone else. Yeah, I think something I have to be a bit conscious of is sometimes I post, repost stuff about films and everything and there's no context. And I, I forget to like spell it out and be like, this is a film that I was an actor in. So, you know, yeah. sometimes I just post like the poster and I'm like, oh, they might not realize that that's what it is. And they're like, okay, what is that? Like someone messaged me who I hadn't spoken to in a while and they thought that Remnant was a theatre show um, that was on a theatre. I was like, no. I mean, it wouldn't be, have been that hard for him to like look at I mean, you could try. the Instagram account and actually work it out. But obviously he just like saw the post. <laughs> and I was like, um, no, that's not what it is. It is a film. A, f- a very uh-huh. it's a feature film. It, it is coming out. <laughs> yeah, like I, I horror play would be interesting. I yeah, think. I mean, like I've seen Carrie the musical, and that's I great. I haven't seen Carrie the musical. It's great musical. Okay. Great, great musical. Like would hands down recommend that. Okay, cool. Every uh, time I watch a musical, I'm like, I wish I was a musical theater performer. Can you sing? I I can. Well, that's debatable. That is very debatable. No, I I can sing. I like I've done singing training. I'm yeah. I mean it's something I predominantly do for my acting, like for working on my voice because I think most actors would know like or would attest to the fact that that's very important. Um but I can't dance like to save my life. I cannot dance, right? So I'm not and the amount of work that I would need to do to be able to like 
literally do the simplest dance moves. I'm not even kidding. I can't even do TikTok dances. Right? Oh, come on. I struggle. I struggle. Because yeah. Like, because <laughs> I can't stand TikTok. Are you, are you a TikTok lover? I don't have TikTok at the moment. Uh, Is that we a, have we have a, a like a, I I I install it I get addicted to it I delete it I install it again get addicted to it delete it it's happened three or four times now why do you why do people love TikTok what is it about it I don't know I think yeah it's interesting I lo- I think I've heard because I'm a bit young for like Vine I never really did Vine yeah. I only watched like the replays of Vines on YouTube and stuff when it was kind of all over <sighs> Vine was amazing it was I, the heyday yeah. of uh, weird 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 jokes like it was mostly sketches people were just doing sketches yeah see i feel like tiktok's one of those things where from like the influencer perspective i mean i'm not an influencer but like i've heard a lot of people say who are in the arts who are trying to like have a presence online that there was definitely a phase where it was super easy to get a bit of a presence on tiktok because it was new so i think there's an element of that I yeah. probably missed the boat. I wasn't really trying to. I posted the weirdest, like, randomest stuff. Because, again, can't dance. Can't do TikTok dances. Not my thing. Um, would be kind of tragic. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think people like it because we have such short attention spans now. And it's just, like, an endless <laughs> trawl of random stuff, right? And also it's weirdly accurate, like the For You page. That is oh, scary. Mm, mm. Some of the stuff that comes up, I'm like... How did you know that? How? You know, there is a theory, though, that your phone listens to you now. Like, that's how Oh, I'm good... sure it does. I'm sure it does. I'm going to get an ad for your podcast now. Yeah, like, no. my phone's in my pocket right now, and I bet I will. Yeah. I will. Or or just anything. Like, I'll mention something. Like, I'm talking about true crime earlier, and I'll get an ad for a true crime show. It's It just happens all the time, and I'm just used to it. <laughs> I'm like, eh, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I mean, it, it is interesting because I find, like, social media, this I have a love and hate for it. Because I think I am so anti, like, putting stuff on social media. But then I have mm. to because if you want to have any presence as a creative, yeah, you need some sort of level of socials. That's how I feel with my art because art is very much the wholesome thing that I do that is not supposed to be, like, really businessy. Because obviously with acting, the business of acting is completely intertwined with being an actor right yeah you can't get away from it well as I you know kind of try to remove myself sometimes with my art but what I'm ever moving away from it but then like I'm like oh I haven't posted in two months I need to do that that's crazy no one knows I exist so um (laughs) that's bad I can't run a business if no one knows that my business is a thing so yeah it's hard it's hard because like I don't know I mean I tend to think that um, social media is, it's good for, from the perspective of being someone running an account. Yeah. But when I'm just consuming, it, it's like a bit toxic sometimes. Just, Gotta love it. Yeah. It, I mean, I think everyone knows it's a little, a little toxic. It's a bit addictive. I mean, it's just so easy <sighs> to all of a sudden have like your screen time be ridiculously high. And it's yeah. Like, you're suddenly like, how did I spend 20 how many hours this week? And you kind of like look yes. at it and you just go, okay, cool. That's not a normal amount of hours that I should be looking at the screen. I think the worst part is that it is normal. It just shouldn't be. <laughs> no, I know. I think I think it's also like, because, you know, like there's about 13 years difference between us. But, um, okay. Yeah. Now I'm just trying to work out how old you are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you work it out now? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think even then, like growing up in the 90s with all this 
technology kind of being introduced. Like we didn't have the internet when I was a kid until I was about five, five okay. or six. So having that as a- You weren't an iPad baby. No. That's something. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you know what's scary is when I see children with phones, like iPads, I'm like, what yeah. happened to Nokia flip phones where you could, all you had was Snake or the bouncing <laughs> ball game and you literally could only call your mum because all yeah. your five friends that you had on it. I swear I had when I was really little, I had like a, not a flip phone, but a old looking phone yeah. and I, I had kept it in my bag and my parents just, it was like for emergencies. I didn't even know how to use it. If there was an emergency, I would not have been able to use it. You couldn't but dial triple zero. I, have, and like... I, have, I mean, I, pro- I could probably manage that, but I couldn't have <laughs> called my parents. Right. Um, but uh, in terms of like my childhood, like I remember my first experiences with like watching YouTube videos yeah. and it was like those ancient YouTube videos though. Like there wasn't anywhere near as much content out there is there as there is now. And that's also something I I, I was kind of thinking while you were talking as well. Mm-hmm. Like, while I was ranting. <laughs> no, I liked it. It was a very good rant. But I mean like <laughs> how are you with because we grow up in this society of everyone's images online and everything mm-hmm. and and we have this sort of ability to judge ourselves based on how other people look and everything. How's your own mental health being coping with that kind of like upbringing has have you always been very good with your own you know self-image or you kind of fluctuated see I think I'm pretty good now I think I've definitely had times where I haven't been but I think that that's actually been a lot of like the external circumstances in my Mm. life like you know I um I moved to a public college for year 11 and 12 which like everyone who lives in New South Wales and is doing the HSC I'm sure is like crying right now but um I was fortunate enough to go to school in the ACT and their system of year 11 and 12 is so chill. Like yeah. I didn't, I, it was so easy. So I, I Part of me hates you early. already. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I was, it was very chill for me, uh, yeah. at least for me. I'm not saying it is for everyone, but um, yeah, I was able to do that. And I think that really improved my mental well-being, and also the amount of, like the amount of energy and time I had to put into being an actor and yeah. pursuing my career. Cause I kind of had my priorities straight then. And I was like, if I want to pursue this, I need to make my life so that I can pursue this. So I have yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My God. So you've always been very on top of your own mental health. You haven't sort of like deviated. Um, yeah. Uh, I definitely have had my moments. I've definitely had times. I mean, I actually, again, coming back to the fact I'm a bit of a homebody, the pandemic mm. wasn't the worst for my mental health. Really? Like, it, I mean, it wasn't great, obviously. I mean, not being able to do, I'd been doing some theatre, like, yeah. and I'd just gotten into that, and then COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that wonderful C word, yeah. yeah. And so that was a bit disappointing. Um, and, I, you know, it's just that thing of, like, I wasn't even that, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's weird, because yeah. everything kind of stopped from that perspective. But um, I obviously have other things that I can lean into, like my art that I can do at home. So I'm lucky to have that, I think. Yeah, you have that outlet to the, kind of break it up. Yeah, because it's weird. Sometimes I look at what I do in a day. Like I'll look at my to-do lists and I'll be like, anyone who's like an academic, if they saw this to-do list, they'd be like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Like, what is this? This is so random. Like why? Uh, this doesn't make any sense. Like as if this is like what you're dedicating eight hours a day to sometimes. And it's like, oh, well, it is. <laughs> I mean, they dedicate eight hours a day to an article. you know. De- Definitely, yeah. <laughs> they can barely talk. <laughs> um, no, I think, that's, I think that's good as well because like I'm the same. The pandemic didn't really kind of make me go, oh, God, it's a pandemic. I actually felt better. Yeah. 
I was able to slow down. I think that was maybe the case for me too because school, because I've just finished school for everyone listening for context. Um, and so I, um, I think I was just coming into the part of school that was stressful. And so yeah. I just got to check out and then I like barely went and then I graduated and it was kind of great. Because, you know, I didn't I didn't have pressure that I was supposed to be going. I was just able to do lots of it online, which was... Which is great. It was good for me. But I do think, like, it wasn't good for some people. And I don't think they got the support that they necessarily needed. Yeah. I mean, like, it's always hard because I feel like the HSC, especially in New South Wales, is pretty shit. Mm, yes. <laughs> very high pressure. I could rant about that, but I won't. Go no, on. I would like, look, I could as well. And I think it's awful and poorly structured. But I also think that that is like, I I have very many issues with the school systems. Yeah. I'm, I'm dyslexic and dyspraxic. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So, it, and obviously also being homeschooled, it was a big adjustment me going into school. And I wouldn't say it was like, like it was never for me. It was yeah. never going to be for me. But I think I worked out how to work the system well enough that I could get out as soon as I could and yeah. get my certificate and move on. So, because yeah. how is it? How's being dyslexic and dyspraxic kind of for acting? Is that um, pretty I, easy or is it pretty difficult and annoying? Occasionally? I think it's harder in theatre, which might be part of the reason that I gravitated towards doing film. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, but also like it's hard to know because part of it was just the training that I fell into. Um. Yeah, but definitely it's that unfortunate thing where as much as sometimes theatre acts like it is so inclusive, there are times where, like, you need certain physical abilities that I just can't pick up in the same way other people can. And, um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that is really a setback for me in acting in general would be learning, would be, sorry, cold reading, like when you don't know your lines and they ask you to read something else because I'm jumping all over the page and it's like, oh, this isn't very good, or paraphrasing, and they get mad at you for paraphrasing, but it's completely unintentional. Yeah. It's like, I thought that's what it said. I swear the page just changed. <laughs> like, I genuinely, that's what I feel. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, I maybe I'm naive, but I think that the school system almost makes all these things so much more of an issue than they need to be. Yeah, It's like if you just didn't test people for 90 minutes, like it it just wouldn't be that big of an issue. Like it would just be so much more easy to accommodate, you know, in the real world, it's just not that big of a deal, but they make it such a big deal. So that's what is frustrating to me. I mean, like fun little fact for myself was when I did the HSC, they gave, um, like I can't write for shit. It's just, I can write, but like I can do it, but it looks like the handwriting of a child. Like it's just so bad handwriting. And the reason is because I grew up with ADHD and epilepsy. So one of the things was just my hand-eye motor coordination was shot to pieces. It just uh-huh. couldn't <laughs> learn how to yeah. do it fluently or anything. So it looks a bit trash. And one of the yeah. things was I write really slow. If I, if anyone is, is legible, it is going to take me three hours to write something that most people can yeah. write in half an hour to 40 minutes. Yeah. So my parents had to fight really hard to get me a laptop for That's the HSC. And it's just like... But it, it did make me feel like, God, why am I getting this special treatment? And, well, yeah, years later, I'm like, yeah, no, it made sense. But at the, I feel like the education system, it does have that sort of brunt where it's like, oh, you know, your child's dyslexic or, you know, like just, but they use it as an excuse for you not catching up with the rest of the school. And it's like, that's not how it works. Why, like, why don't you put things in place? 
to help the kids. Yeah, that's like something I'm really big on. It bothers me. Yeah. And I mean, now I'm teaching like kids classes for drama, like not yeah. in the school. And I could never teach in a school just because I couldn't deal with all of the stuff you have to put up with as a teacher in school, like all of the regulations you have to like implement that are just irrelevant, like checking people's uniform. Oh my gosh. But I also think that uh, this comes under the the federal government issues, which I have many federal (laughs) government issues. (laughs) Um, But I I think when we're, particularly when we're under a huge coalition government, the coalition uh, for most of people who don't know um, and live in other countries, like we've got the Labour and the Coalition are Liberal. Um, mm-hmm. So that the, those are the two parties. And then you've got the Greens and the Independents. Like, yeah. Um, the great, you know, like lots of different smaller parties. And, and this year in particular, our recent election was the biggest independent win of like millennia. It was huge. Like yeah, the independent parties did. because everyone's like sick like, of everyone in the mainstream government. Yeah. Like, and, oh. <laughs> and the Greens got so many seats and it was just ridiculous how well like independent parties were doing. But I think it was also interesting because we had such a, sh- we had such a shitty last few years of like leadership, you know, and mm. you know, but it also came to a point where I remember when I was in TAFE, I was in the last year of TAFE when TAFE courses cost $800 for the year. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they were like, yeah, these are going up to $8,000 the yeah. following year. And it was like, how is that? Like these, like tertiary education, like TAFE and everything and the public school system are meant to be cheap so that everyone can use them. They're paid by the government to benefit the public sectors yeah. so we can all get this thing called free education. And the thing that pisses me off is 50 years ago, universities were free. There was nothing called hex. There was nothing like you didn't have a debt. Well, I see this now. When this interview comes out, I you might, might be, be like, like, I'm going. And yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm running away. <laughs> I, I'm on the fence about like drama school and that type of training yeah. specifically because of that. Like, because it's just so expensive at the end of the day. It's yeah. like you're starting out your career by getting into a lot of debt and then going into an industry that is completely unreliable. Yeah. Right. And like that you, you really, you can't even afford to not have savings, much less not have, much less have debt. Right. Like you. It's, so much debt. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's hard. It's tough. But at the same time, I understand that some people do want to have that path. But I'm like, yeah. I might just opt out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think I think you can self-teach a lot of things in terms of skill set and stuff. And I think nowadays in particular, you've got online courses and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, there's definitely, for acting training, I'm very grateful for all the like, actor advocate type yeah. people who are creating affordable courses, yeah. you know, like affordable online courses or even just drop in stuff like stuff that's designed for working actors. Right. Yeah. But I, I think I'm lucky in that I started young. Cause I think if I was my age now and I'd never acted before, it would be really hard. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't know how you do that without doing really intense training and it is no. just so expensive. And I also though think that many people that we do meet in the industry are very willing to teach and yeah. or show you around on how, like, you know, and I feel like because of all that, it does make it very accessible to learn. Like, mm. you know, the, the interesting thing is like, you know, the fact of how I learned to do a podcast was via YouTube. Like you yeah. learn about the basics of things to get a handle and then it's through trial and error. And like one of my teachers said, the best way to learn is also on the job because yeah. you are going to never learn more about the character than, you know, and, and I always say this to everyone, like as it was like what you said before, you got to really like work 
in with everyone and you know not do it as a solo kind of adventure but with scenes when you do rehearsals to when you shoot on the actual day they can be very very different totally at, yeah. depending on what comes out on the day and what vibe everyone's feeling and how you're all emotionally at the beginning of the day versus like how you are rehearsal day yeah see it's interesting because i know there's this whole mindset of like um walking into a class or walking into like for acting or yeah. walking onto set and leaving your emotions at the door that type of thing but to an extent I think sometimes that can create really interesting work is like when you actually are like allowing yourself to be affected by things. I mean, obviously you need to not have like an ego or you need to not be like, things didn't go my way this morning. So I'm going to make everyone pay for it today. <laughs> you all suck. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, you can definitely like it. it I, I think the beautiful thing about acting sometimes is like when you're doing really true naturalism and you're getting to, really bounce off each other and react in the moment authentically. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, with especially with your dyspraxia and dyslexia, how is that in terms of scenes and stuff? Is is that once you've memorised everything and you're you're in the moment, does that really affect you? Yeah. So I think what I've done is I've gotten myself to a point where I memorise lines very, very easily. And I don't, not trying to brag, but that's just something I think I've done to compensate for the fact that I, you know, like can't cold read very easily, can't, yeah. can't, um, you know, make sense of things on the page as well if I don't know it. So I think that that's yeah. definitely, yeah, I, I always know my lines. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, I'm working with someone who doesn't mind about being word perfect or they want you to ad lib. And yeah, that's yeah. kind of like my experience with the project I'm about to go into production for. So yeah, I just kind of, I do that. I mean, the only thing I would say is physicality is, has been a big journey for me, being able to be authentic. And, I, you know, I used to either talk with my hands really intensely or put my hands at my side and, like, not do anything. Or I'd have those awkward moments where your hand's, like, in the air and you're like, I don't know what to do with my hand now. And what do I, do I put it down? And then you're putting it down and then you're like, okay, but now I'm not doing anything. Now I'm, I'm just standing here. <laughs> yeah so it's interesting I mean like that sounds like modeling almost like you don't yeah when you get in your head about where you are in space yeah you're like oh it's the worst thing as well when when you see people on a scene not know what to do with their bottle uh like other because it's like you know when you go to anyway and you're like okay well we're going to do a close-up or you're going to do a mid shot Mm. or anything like that and they're like can you see my hands do I have to do anything with my hands and you're like well, what were you doing before? Do that yeah. again. Like, no, I think I'm, I'm pretty good with continuity. I get very obsessive about it for some reason. Sometimes I'm like fixing my own continuity and I have to remind myself, you know, like that's not actually my job. I just need to do the scene, do the same stuff each time, focus yeah. on that, stay it's, in my lane. <laughs> it's interesting as well. Cause when you film something, you commit to it, you commit to that decision that you've made yes. and you do the same every time. Whereas theater, you can do every night different you could do something yeah. different every, all the time because it, you know it's depending on the audience they might go oh that you know there was a stumble that night there was like a you yeah. know they decided to add a chuckle in or you know like whatever <laughs> yeah i've never actually gone like i would love to pick a theater show that isn't going to be too annoying to see a bunch of times and actually go and see it a bunch of consecutive nights in a row and see what's different yeah you know like inevitably you're going to get probably a little bit sick of it because then you know what's happening next which isn't really how it's designed to happen but I would love to just see as an exercise as an actor what is actually happening with that yeah 
you know, because the other thing I do in terms of like the other side of the industry yeah, is I am, I did a certificate in creative industries, which is like kind of was focusing on the backstage type side of theater. Mm. Yeah. So, um, sometimes you get to watch, like you get to watch tech rounds, you get to watch dress rehearsals, that type of thing. And it's interesting because it always is a little bit different. Like, it, and it, it's not a bad thing. But it's just interesting and it, it's interesting as an actor to look at that and be like, what did I like better? And then sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't like one better. They were just different and that's okay and that's cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I guess that's, yeah. I mean, like, that the whole exercise of watching something a thousand times, though, to, you know, notice. Oh my God, like trying to pick your take in self-tapes when you've done a bunch of takes for a self-tape. You know what that though? That, the, you know what I always say? And then comes a theory of just, it's either the third or fifth take that attend leaves. Yeah. No, it's interesting because if you do four takes, like with me, my last take is always such a mess. Yeah. Such a mess. Like insane. And my first one, uh, like, I mean, it might be okay. Like it really, sometimes I have to sit back and be like, there is so minimal difference between these takes, right? Like I've actually done these quite similar. I haven't tried to experiment or do anything different. So I just did a few for safety, right? And so I just have to realize that this is my performance and I need to yeah. pick whichever one I get a good vibe for, but it's not that deep. You're not going to get the role <laughs> because you picked the take that you, you know, looked slightly to the left and on the other one you looked slightly to the right. Like, yeah, it's just... You can't get too in your head about it, I think. I mean, you could do, you could try. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing, like, I find fun with self-taping is doing really different takes. Like, doing... Yeah. And if you really make different choices, then it's fun. And then you're like, which one do I send? Or do I send an alternate take as well? But when you're just running the same scene... Yeah. It's like torture picking which one that is the same. And it's like, oh, it's hard. <laughs> I mean... Before we start wrapping up, here's a here's a big ultimate question. What would be a character or genre or scene okay. that you could you'd want to play? Character, genre, scene. Hmm. That's something I would really like to do. I'm gonna try and think of something random. I would somewhat like to do an action movie just because that's so not me. Like I so could not do my own stunts. Like I'm mm. so uncoordinated. <laughs> so I think it would be cool to play like a really athletic character or something. Cause I'm just not, you know, like I'm, I'm actually working on a project at the moment. I can't say too much, but there is hiking involved and I'm like, um, Hmm. Okay. This is interesting. Yeah. So, but part of me is like, maybe I should start hiking in the lead up. And this is interesting. Like, this is an interesting exploration of something that's different to me, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of, I like that idea. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could pull it off. I, yeah, it's interesting, but <laughs> I reckon that would be cool. That'd be sick. Yeah. I could see that. Although that would be interesting with dyspraxia. Yeah. <laughs> like just. <laughs> They're like, you cannot do your own stunts. It is not safe. No. <laughs> yeah. You were like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I do. I mean, I do think there's something about streaming that is definitely like a little bit sad because there's no, like, this sounds ridiculous, but because like there isn't ads and like, I don't know why that's like a disappointing thing, but it's like, um, you know, like 
we don't record shows anymore when you like go out for dinner so you can like watch it when you get back and like that type of stuff. Yeah. Like just that kind of thing. And also just watching random stuff on TV that you would never normally watch just because it's on. I don't do that with streaming. No. And you know what? It it really makes me kind of miss the week by week things where I get excited for the next week of one episode a week. That I'm watching something at the moment. What did I watch? It was about... I can't remember now. It was about an act actress. Um, can't remember what it's called. It was French. It was on Netflix, maybe. Um, anyway, I like it's one episode a week, and I was like, I watched the first episode, so into it, and I was like, oh my god, there's no second episode till next Tuesday, and it's like, okay, that's five days away. It's not that big of a deal, but I'm so not used to having to wait. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's like we've become so accustomed to like binge watching, but also I totally am guilty of that. If I, like, if I miss, like, I haven't watched Stranger Things, right, yet. I haven't watched the new season of that. And you best believe, like, the day I decide to watch that, it'll be like (laughs) many hours of Stranger Things being watched. Yeah. Because every episode's like an hour and a half. So, oh, wow. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe I'm going to have to back off a bit. That might be. (laughs) It's like barely could get through two episodes, like, an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah, they 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 they're kind of nuts on how long they are now. Mm, um, wow. The, the final they're like episode, a movie. Yeah, they. I think because they're just trying to ramp up the story and uh, know yeah. that. I I think it's interesting, but it's not bad. Like you kind of do sit there and go, oh, this isn't too long. Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's very dark. Yeah, that show has gotten darker every season, but I guess they've also characters have grown up, right? Yeah. But again, those characters are the same. Like I think Millie Bobby Brown is my age. Yeah, oh, she's like, like 18, 17, 18 now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. And that's I was looking one. at her because the show's set. I, I it baffles me, but the show's set on a, like from the first season to the fourth season is only four years. Like it's each year is a different year. Yeah. And I'm just like sitting there going, none of these actors still look 14. Like they all look like they're yeah. 20. Oh, please do a time jump to make me not think this is weird. Yeah. That is a little strange. Um, Cause like Millie Bobby Brown is an adult now. She just clearly is an adult. Yeah. I mean, I feel like all high school shows are like that. That's been my absolute pet peeve growing up is <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm look the age of these characters, but I can't play them because they're all played by 25 year olds. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know. And they're all played by young 25 year olds, like young looking 25. Yes. Yeah. It's annoying. It's like, that's good for their career, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, so judgy of their yes. career issues. But, um, no, I think that's a perfect point to wrap us up. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. I didn't know that I was, um, cool enough to be on a podcast did you were you surprised oh yeah when you messaged me i I thought it was spam i had to like i did some like research you did a double (laughs) take yeah i was like um this is just like someone like having a go they're like joking someone like and then i looked and i was like no no this is a legit thing okay i (laughs) i i just i couldn't believe someone actually wanted me to have wanted to have me on their podcast but yeah here i am and you were you were great Oh, did you enjoy I it? I hope so. Yeah, I did. It's fun. <laughs> it's cool. Just talking. It's just like a conversation. Yeah. Um. But are you, are you, what are you looking forward to about like showing friends this? Or are you? No, I'm okay. not looking forward to that. I think I might just never tell anyone about it. No, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Because um, it goes everywhere. Yeah. It no, it... it's fine. I just probably won't. I will listen to it. I guess I'll listen to it. I, I <laughs> like I said, you know, like. I've determined not to be one of those actors that doesn't watch themselves. So I guess I will be forcing myself to listen. 
Even if I get... You're going to get an edit before it goes out, so you get to okay, tell cool. me what... Okay, That's good. That's good. I like that because then I'm, I'll am i know. I'll know. I'll know what my voice sounds like. <laughs> and it sounds perfect. Um, Remy, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, so my Instagram account is at Rem Webster, like R-E-M Webster, because I thought I was trendy when I was 14 and I was going to shorten my name, even though very few people call me that. And now... My actual name is like not available on Instagram anymore, which is frustrating. Uh, and then I also have an art account, which is at Remy's Shed, like Remy's S, Remy S. Oh, my name's Remy with an I, by the way. Um, Shed. So it's two S's in the middle. Right. So yeah. <laughs> R-E-M-I-S-S-H-E-D-S. Or no, 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 no S no, on the end, no S on the end. <laughs> Sorry, misled you all, but yeah, there's no S in the end, but that's how yeah. it is. Yes. <laughs> that's a mess. Everyone's like, okay, I'm sick of this. <laughs> no, they'll have a link to it below. They'll be able to okay. find it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's where you can find me if you wish to for some reason. Go on, go, on, <laughs> go and stalk her. Go yes. on, and go and stalk Remnant. Oh, yes. And then Remnant is at Remnant the movie. And what's the other film you're doing? Is that on an Instagram it's yet? It's not yet. But um, when it is? I will post it, obviously, on my personal social media when it's all up and running. So then you will see that <laughs> if you look at my personal. Yeah. Just go and stalk her. Yeah. <laughs> go have a look. <laughs> um, but no, thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute well, pleasure. Thank you. If you want to go and check out more episodes of The Things We Do, you can check them out on Apple and Spotify. I'll be speaking with another guest next week, and I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye. Bye.